0: Hello, word nerds, also nerf herds. Uh, I would have brains. Um, Google Voice, call the Google Voice number. I just learned yesterday. um, That was August seventh. Today is August uh, eighth. Seven o eight a.m. Have to put this off of Do Not Disturb. Um, I just learned that uh, somebody named Jacob. Uh, sent me a voicemail uh, called the google voice number and left me a voicemail like a year and a half ago and I didn't even know because of the notification system is weird on google voice uh, and so probably by the time this episode is airing you will already have heard this voicemail I'm going to try and get it up pretty soon but um, so he suggested other things that rhyme with word nerd could be nerf heard and some of you uh, might recognize that reference. So hello, Nerf Herd Word Nerds. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, let's talk about these words. This is the eight section. Most of these episodes are related to the number eight. The first word is the number eight, E-I-G-H-T. What a, what a funny way to spell this word. It is a noun from before the 12th century... Uh, Number one just says to see the number table. So go look at the beautiful number eight in the number table that looks like a sideways infinity symbol. Uh, Number two, the eight in, oh, the eighth. There's an H at the end there. The eighth in a set or series, as in the eight of spades. There's a whole bunch of spades in the cards, and the eighth one is I just heard, saw that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about how many ways that you can shuffle a deck of cards. It was like, if a trillion people shuffle them a trillion times in a trillion universes, uh, something over and over, it's like so many, then like, and then you shuffle it once more, then you might have a chance at matching one of those. Like, that's how many... The number is so high of how many ways that a deck of cards can be shuffled. That's insane, isn't? Is it? Would it be fifty-two times fifty-one times fifty times over and over again until you get to one? That's a big number. We're talking about just the number eight, three. (laughs) Something having eight units or members as three a, an eight-oared racing boat or its crew. So I guess you just call the boat or the crew eight. I never did any uh, racing of any kind, especially not in a boat. So I guess you just call that eight. Because there's eight oars, eight people, one on each oar maybe. uh, So they go faster. 3B, an eight-cylinder engine or automobile. I guess you just call it eight. I got an eight engine. I I think that they might use something. Do they say other words there? Eight is also an adjective. And eight is... What is this saying? It's the pronoun? Plural? Hmm. I don't know what that means. The etymology says this is from... Ooh, let's see. Old English, yata, Akin to the Old High German auto. A-H-T-O, which means eight. Uh, and then the Latin, octo. And then the Greek, Greek octo. So, of course, if you see O-C-T-O at the beginning of a thing, that means eight octagon. It's an eight-sided, shapy thing. Uh, eight, eight's a good number. I don't have anything else to say about eight other than you take an infinity symbol and f- rotate it 90 degrees. You got eight or vice versa. Take an eight, rotate it, rotate the eight, and you get infinity. Um, I could make a sound effect that's eight things. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to go... I'm going to go... Whoosh. I'm cutting the thing. Okay, next is eight ball. Two words, noun from 1932. One, a black pool ball numbered eight. I guess that they decided on the eight to be the black one because... There's 15 balls on the pool billiards table, and you put them in the triangle, and they need uh, half the numbers to be one, t- uh, to be stripes, and half them to be solids, but then there's one left over, you know, it's the tiebreaker, kinda, and uh, the eight is the one that's in the center? Well, would it be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? No. I mean, why Why the eight? Um, there must be a reason. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll put some information in the show notes of why they picked the eight ball to be the black one. Would it be is it because uh, in in nine? Not, but but why I'm I don't know. I don't know why it's the eight. There must be some reason that I can't think of. It's probably super obvious. Number two, for eight ball is misfit. The synonym is misfit. I don't know if I've heard that one before. Is the eight ball the misfit because it's the odd one out, the odd ball out? It is a solid, but it's no other ones are black. Interesting. Um, should quickly say in pool, if you're uh, playing sort of your typical standard solids and stripes pool, if you get the eight ball in before the rest of your balls, then you lose. Uh, that's that's the way to play the game. There's a lot of ways to play the game. There's other ones that don't care about the number or the color or anything. I wonder how hard it is. Now, nah, colorblind people, unless there's a version of pool that has to do with colors and not solids and stripes, then I think uh, colorblind people might might be okay. But I don't know if there's a colored version, a colored a game, in billiards, that deals with the colors specifically. Behind the eight ball is a phrase. Uh, That means in a highly disadvantageous position. Highly disadvantageous position. You do not want to be behind the eight ball. Okay, well, what does exactly that mean? What exactly does that mean? Because it comes from pool. Um, So if you're behind the eight ball in pool, does that mean like, Oh, the cue ball is right behind the eight ball, and you don't want to hit the eight ball in any way. So that's a disadvantage, disadvantageous, disadvantageous position. Is that how we're supposed to think about this? Must be. You don't want the cue ball unless you, unless you're ready to hit the, the the eight ball. You've gotten all your stripes in, uh, and you're and you're ready to go. Hmm. I don't know. Whoosh. Next is eighteen noun from before the 12th century see the number table just go there don't be hanging out over here in the 18 section go look at the number table 18 is also an adjective and then again it gives this whole pronoun plural and construction thing don't know what that means and then 18th with a th is an adjective or a noun the 18th in a series of things Um, yes, the teen comes from uh, the Old English tien, which means ten. It's eight plus ten, eighteen. Whoops! Next is eighteen wheeler. You can spell it with a one eight, and then a a hyphen or a dash or a whatever, and then a wheeler, or you can spell out the word eighteen with the letters, not the numbers. It does show both here. The first one is with the numbers. It's kind of a weird section because when you get to a number in the dictionary, uh, some of them will literally show the numbers. But they're still still in uh, alphabetical order. Eighteen-wheeler is a noun from 1934. A trucking rig consisting of a tractor and a trailer and typically having 18 wheels. So the, the front part... Uh, this would be, I I guess you could call it the tractor or the cab, uh, that usually has probably, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six wheels, maybe, um, four to six, maybe something like that. And then they hook up a big old trailer to the back of it. And you know, these are your standard trucks, see them on the highway all the time. Usually it's just a big old rectangular cubic thing in three dimensions and it holds stuff and they got two wheels two wheels two wheels two wheels on both sides and so you count them up you got 18 usually Whoosh. eightfold eight eight you can emphasize either syllable eightfold or eightfold adjective from before the 12th century one having eight units or members you're not folding anything you got you got eight eight of a thing eightfold two being eight times as great or as many as in an eightfold increase. An eightfold is an adverb. This one seems kind of weird, uh, to be in here at all. I mean, you can you can add any number to the before the word fold, twofold, threefold, four. Are they all going to be in here? How high are we going to go? Tenfold. Where does that end? Um. I guess maybe number one, having eight units or members is a common enough phrase in the situation, maybe with the rowers. But it just seems odd to have eight, eight times as great or as many, eightfold increase. You multiply something by eight; it's eight times more. Um, You know, we we can we will we'll be seeing four in the next season. So let's just do a quick a quick look at that to see, are we gonna see fourfold? Probably, if you got eightfold in here, you gotta put fourfold. Fourfold is more common than eightfold, I think. (sighs) What are you doing to me, book? Uh, Let's see, yep, we got fourfold. So let's let's see, how many folds are we gonna get in this dictionary? Next is eightfold way. Two words, noun from 1961. So this is a whole whole other thing. What do we got going on here? It is a unified theoretical scheme for classifying the relationship among strongly interacting elementary particles on the basis of isospin, isospin, and hypercharge. Yeah, it must be isospin and hypercharge. And I don't understand what any of this is. Something I'm. elementary particles so maybe this is like you know chemistry and atoms and nucleuses and those things eightfold way let's put a link in the show notes for eightfold way Hmm. eighth is next e i g h t eighth t h not t eighth t h noun from 1557 number one go see the number table Just skip all this and go there. Uh, Number two, the synonym is octave uh, because because an octave on the piano or in other instruments, the eighth note is the octave. So you got, say you're starting on C. ba, 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 ba. If you don't know music, it might be a little bit confusing. But basically those the first and the last notes the first note the eighth note they are the octaves of one's octave below the fir- the higher one or the higher one is the octave above the lower one and it's the same note but it's at a higher frequency it's one octave above it's the higher version of that note so if you look at the piano maybe there's like i don't know seven c's on there they're all c but they all they go higher and higher and higher. What's going on, if you don't know this, is that frequency, let's say you got a string that's making that frequency, you cut that string in half, that creates the next octave up. Uh, you cut that in half, that's the next octave up. You cut that in half, that's the next octave up. So what you're doing is cutting it in half or lengthening it by half if you want to go lower. That's the octave. That's how that all works. Okay. Next is eighth note. Two words, noun from circa 1864. A musical note with the time value of one-eighth of a whole note. And then it says to see the note illustration. I think this is the first time we're hearing about that, the note illustration. Can't wait to get there. So your standard music is in 4-4 most music is in four four. There's obviously lots of other versions. So that means that there's four four beats, four, four notes in one measure, and your base note is a quarter note. You total all of them up, you got a whole note. A whole note in a four-four situation would be one, two, three, four. You hold that note for four. So then there's half notes. One, two, one, two, a whole note gets cut down to two. Quarter note is a quarter of a whole note. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, there's four notes and they're each one beat. The eighth note is half of that. So, ba, 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 one and two and three and four and. There's eight notes in one measure if you play all of them. And of course, you go down to sixteenth notes and thirty-second notes. You're getting a whole big musical education here. Most of you probably know all these things, but some of you might not. Whoosh. Next is eighth rest, similar to eighth note, but uh, but the opposite. How is that the opposite? Noun from circa 1890. So eighth note was 1864. Eighth rest is 1890. There is a 26-year difference there but I think there was music being written using these things before the 1860s. What were they using? What were they calling them? Maybe it just wasn't in English. Maybe. Okay, Um, an eighth note is a musical rest corresponding in time value to an eighth note. No, a musical rest corresponding in time value to an eighth note. So it's the same amount of time that an eighth rest takes up, but instead of playing a note... You're not playing a note. It's the opposite. You're resting for an eighth, one eighth of a measure. So instead of, let's say, let's see, if you, all eighth notes in one measure is da, 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 dot da, 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 There's eight of them. But if you rested every other one, it would be da, 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 da. There's a rest. There's a whole bunch of rests. You need to know about these when you're playing the music. It's very important stuff whoosh next is 800 number and it shows 800 the numbers 800 next word number eight i guess some people say 800 it shows a different pronunciation there 800 i say 800 okay noun from 1971 a toll-free telephone number for long-distance calls that is prefixed by the number 800. Call us now, 1-800-422-3819. It's uh, technically long distance, but because of the 800 there at the beginning, you don't got to pay the long distance fees. You don't got to pay any fee. It's toll free. These days, when everybody's got these cell phones and these plans, I don't even, do we even think much about these 800 numbers? I don't think so they still exist but I don't know people are calling long distance all the time in the 70s it was a different situation it was very expensive Uh, 800 numbers yeah Uh, I mean we've all called them anything interesting about 800 numbers I don't know it was some sort of like new technology or something fancy that somebody figured out Um, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes of like what was going on when they invented 800 numbers that means that no, um, at least in America, no uh, area codes can be 800. They, they stole it from everybody. That's, that's the area code for, that, for this whole nationwide toll-free thing. Hmm. Whoops. 800-pound gorilla is next. 800-pound shows the numbers, and there is a hyphen. 800-pound or hun- hundred... If, again, if you want to say 100, 800-pound gorilla. Noun from 1976. The gorilla was calling some 800 numbers. This is one that is dominating or uncontrollable because of great size or power, as in, like it or not, the 800-pound gorilla usually sets the standard. And that is a quote from Daya Naramuni. I don't know who that is, but they said something about an 800-pound gorilla. And uh, you. The, the reason, I think, that we're using this phrase here is because if an 800-pound gorilla wants their way, they are going to get their, their way. If they are up against a human, the human is going to lose. So whatever the 800-pound gorilla wants, you give it to them. They are dominating and uncontrollable because of their size and power. That's a big gorilla. I wonder what the average size of a gorilla is, though. Like a silverback? How much do they weigh? Should we look this up real quick? Yeah, let's do that. Come on, load up your page. Load up your page faster. How much... I'm doing this with one hand. How much does an average adult let's say male because typically the males are bigger especially if they're uh they're the leader of the pack adult male gorilla weigh 300 pounds they could be up to 500 so an 800 pound gorilla is uh quite quite a large gorilla if you ask me Whoosh. next is eight penny nail This is two words, eight penny is one word, and then nail, N-A-I-L, noun from the 15th century. This is a nail typically two and a half inches, two and a half inches long, which is 6.35 centimeters. Um, So two and a half inches, that's about that length, give or take. Uh, 6.35 centimeters. The reason we call it an eight-penny nail is because of its original price per hundred. So, I mean, I guess that was eight pennies out of 100 pennies would be a dollar if we're talking about dollars. I don't know if we're talking about dollars or something else. Probably. Maybe. Um, Why? What's... Why wouldn't you update the name of this? Could you not come up with a better name for this nail than the original cost from how many years ago? The 15th century? Is that when this was costing 8 pennies? 8 pennies? 8 pennies in the 18th or the 15th century seems pretty expensive actually. I th- I feel like maybe in the 8 or 1900s, maybe the early 1900s you could get a penny for or get a nail for eight pennies. They're not expensive. Those things are cheap. That's interesting. Hmm. Two and a half inches it's just a nail. it's an eight penny nail. Whoosh maybe maybe this would be great if eight if you stack up eight pennies does it is it two and a half inches? It's definitely not. It's probably like an inch. Whoopsh 80 is next. Noun from before the 12th century. We just took uh, the word eight and added a Y. One, number one says, see the number table yet again. Go there. You can't go there yet. Not when this is airing live. You're going to have to wait many years. Two is plural. The numbers 80 to 89. Those are the 80s. Specifically, the years... 80 to 89 in a lifetime or century. One of these days, I will get into my 80s. Hopefully, that's the hope. I don't want to die before that. I would like to live life as long and as full as possible and experience as many things in the world that I can, traveling and food, and that's everything. Um, but so the 80s, how far away am I from the 80s? I am, I am halfway, basically, I'm almost 43. By the time this has aired, I will be 43. And so, you know, I'm I'm essentially halfway to my 80s. You, you, to this many more years again? I'm 86. I'm solidly into my 80s. Uh, boy, that's a weird thing to think about, that I would live this many same years, and then I will be in my 80s. That's a long time. That's a, You could do a lot. You could do a lot in another 43 years. Especially when you're not going through childhood again, you're an adult already, you know, hope, hope, hope I'll be able to do a lot of stuff by then. Hopefully I will be done with this podcast by then. That's the goal. Uh, okay, so 80th is an adjective or a noun. 80 is an adjective. And again, we see that funny thing, 80 is a pronoun or something plural in construction. Again, not entirely sure what that means. 80 is from Old English, yatiag I Yahat short for Hundiatig, hmm which is means the group of eighty, Hundiatig, which is from Hund, which literally means hundred, plus Yata, which means eight, and Tig, which means group of ten. So it's a group of eight plus 10 near a hundred? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, so that is 80, whoops. Next is 86. The first version is with all the letters. There's two words with a hyphen, 80 hyphen six, or you can spell it with the numbers eight, six. This is a transitive verb from 1959, it is slang, and it means to refuse to serve a customer. That's the example of who you are refusing to serve. I don't. I haven't heard it used for that one. I'm not going to serve you. I'm 86ing you. Uh, but also, to get rid of, or the synonym is throw out. We're getting rid of that thing, tossing it out. We would like to physically toss out the customer. Um, I do know also f- in restaurants, still in the restaurant world, uh, when you don't have something, when you've run out of a meal, you gotta eighty-six it. Don't tell the people that we have it. In fact, you might want to tell the people you don't have it, because so they don't uh, they don't look on the menu and try to order it. B- okay, so I was curious about this uh, this etymology. Where does this come from? Why do we say this? Well, it's probably rhyming slang for the word nix. N-I-X, that looks like it's the third form of nix. So 86, nix it. So that's, if you don't know the word nix, you're nixing a thing, you're getting rid of it, you're, you're throwing it out, nix it. 86, uh, so does that mean that this comes from like the Cockney rhyming slang? Maybe it does. Maybe it does. I don't know about that. That's one of those that just got into our uh, American English vernacular and uh, we never look back. We're very excited to have it with us. By the way, my sound effect is whoosh. It's cutting away, cutting away a thing. You're 86 in it. Whoosh. That was the last eight word. Now we have einkorn. E-I-N-K-O-R-N. A short little E-I-N section here. Noun from, circa 1901. An ancient wheat having one-grained spikelets and grown especially formerly in poor soils in Central and Southern Europe and Southwest Asia. Uh, the species name is Triticum monococum, something like that. Einkorn. It's, a, it's not a corn, though. It's a wheat, an ancient wheat. Do we still grow it? I don't know. But the etymology says it is from, uh, let's see, old High German Ein, which means one. One, it's a one-grained spikelet. That's where the one comes from. And then also corn, the German word "corn" with a K, which means grain. So it got a little confusing. Uh, so you gotta you gotta remember that in German, I guess corn just doesn't it doesn't literally mean corn like we think of it here in america the corn on the cob that you eat it just means grain it's a more all-encompassing word um and then let's see grain and there's more at the words one and corn so that makes sense ein corn old wheat next is einsteinium yeah this is an interesting word so, it, yes, it starts with the word Einstein, E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N, and then I-U-M, the suffix I-U-M at the end, Einsteinium. Noun from 1955. A radioactive element produced artificially, and it says to see the element table. And I don't remember what number this is, but it's up high in the periodic table numbers because it's produced artificially. Like, hey, can we do this? Can we put all these numbers of things together? Yes, we can. It existed for five seconds. Let's call it Einsteinium. Now, it is named after Albert Einstein, but I don't know why. Uh, maybe I should put a link in the show notes. Uh, did like He probably wasn't the one who made this happen. In 1955... I don't remember when he passed away. Um, s- probably around there, maybe. Let's see. When did Einstein kick the bucket? Oh, April 18th, 1955. So maybe he had just passed away when they, uh, when they made this stuff. And so they're like, we should name it after this guy who has uh, done a lot of good for science. Hmm. Okay, Whoopsh. next is, uh, how do you say this, Irenic? It's probably Irenic, E-I-R-E-N-I-C. It is the chiefly British variation of Irenic spelled with an just an I at the beginning, so we took off the E. Irenic, not entirely sure what that word is. Whoopsh. I think we're on our last word. Yes, we are. It is eisegesis. I see Jesus. I see Jesus over there. I see Jesus. You can also say, uh, "What is the difference in?" We got. Oh, you can. Okay, so you're either emphasizing the j the G I see Jesus, or you're emphasizing the first syllable, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. E I S, E G E S I S. Noun from 1892, the interpretation of a text, as of the Bible, by reading into it one's own ideas. By reading into it one's own ideas. Okay, compare to exegesis. Okay, okay, so this is from the Greek word eis, E-I-S, which means into, so you're putting into it your own ideas. Hmm. Um, It is akin to the Greek word en, which means in, plus the English word exegesis, and there's more at the word in. So, okay, the interpretation of a text like the Bible by reading into it one's own ideas. I how does that work exactly? What is there an example that we can find of what that would be like? What are your own ideas that you're putting into the Bible exactly? I mean, aren't you kind of doing that with anything that you interpret any movie, book, text, anything? You read you're you're viewing it through your own lens, and your own self. Um, interesting, and I I I feel like it's a coincidence that the word Jesus is not literally in there, but it sounds like it is, and it seems like the most common example of when people do this isogesis is when they are interpreting the Bible. Obviously, you can do it with anything, but maybe that's a common way a common text that people use. Uh, yeah, interesting. I don't know about this one. I don't know about it. Never heard of it. Okay, real quick. Reread the words and pick a word of the episode. We had eight, eight ball, 18, 18 wheeler, eight fold, eight fold way, eighth, eighth note, eighth rest, 800 number, 800 pound gorilla, eight penny nail, 80, 86 Oh, and by the way, I will be 86 when I am double this age. 86. Uh, Einkorn, Einsteinium, Irenic, and Eisegesis. Okay, what do we want to pick? All these are great. 8 ball, 8, 18, literally every single one of them. Uh, but I I think I'm just going to pick 800-pound gorilla uh, because it's a fun image. Has there ever been a gorilla eight hundred pound that's eight hundred pounds? I mean back in the day, a lot of animals were bigger, you know all these thousands and thousands of years ago, so yeah, there probably was a gorilla that was eight hundred pounds, but that would be a scary image unless they're very nice uh eight hundred pound gorilla I am an eight hundred pound gorilla. I'm singing a song because I'm an eight hundred pound gorilla. It's a very long phrase to say. Eight hundred pound gorilla. This isn't a song about an eight hundred pound gorilla. Eight hundred pound gorilla. Stay away from the eight hundred pound gorilla. They're gonna just do what they do when you can't stop 'em. Sure. Why not? Why not that? Uh, let's. Uh, my phone was charging down there because for some reason it did not charge in the middle of the night. Oh, I think I need a new phone. This is this getting to be a problem. Uh, let's see. what What is another movie that we watched? And what was the last movie that I mentioned? I think I mentioned Laura uh, Tiger Within. Um, let's see. This was from just a few years ago. Um, Ed Asner is kind of the big star of the movie. Uh, he is there with with a teenage girl who's trying to figure out her life. And... She doesn't really know a lot about the world, and uh, he's sort of teaching her. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very sort of like low-budget independent movie. Uh, but yeah, he he did a great job uh, playing a Holocaust survivor. And um, we we were particularly interested in seeing this movie because uh, we, my wife and I, are helping to produce. Somehow, this half fell in our laps. Uh, if you haven't heard me say this before, I will say it to you now. We are helping to produce a feature-length animated film, and he is one of the actors. And luckily, we were able to record with him. Unfortunately, we were not there. We did not get to meet him, even over Zoom. Uh, But the director recorded with him uh, just a few months before he passed away. Uh, So got it under the wire, and we're super uh, excited and proud to have him. And it very likely will be the last thing that he is a part of that will be released because it's going to take a long time before this movie comes out. So look out for the movie called Unplugged someday in the future. Okay, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information clearly. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Michael Hunter. My buddy David Spencer and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, Homestarrunner.com. You know, the guys that did girl squad! Looks like we're gonna have to jump! I said come on oh God, I said, come on We're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order I've seen all of them David has seen most of them And David's wife Alexa pops in and watches them for the first time Just for the show Come on Pods, A The Homestar Runner podcast Available wherever podcasts are sold And at PipedreamPodcast.com